MSW Media. Thanks to Thuma for supporting Daily Beans. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel at home with The Bed by Thuma. Go to thuma.co slash beans and use code beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of The Bed, plus free shipping in the continental U.S. And today's show is also brought to you by Crooked Media's Hysteria, a weekly podcast hosted by political commentator and comedy writer Aaron Ryan and former Obama White House Deputy Chief of Staff Alyssa Mastromonaco. They are joined by a squad of funny, opinionated women. They cover everything from reproductive rights to rom-coms, breaking down the political news of the week. Listen to Hysteria every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, April 25th, 2022. Today, Kevin McCarthy was caught in a whopper of a lie. A new court filing from the 1-6 committee shows Meadows knew about the violence ahead of the Capitol attack and that Jeffrey Clark pushed Department of Justice leadership to draft an OLC memo giving Pence the power to overthrow Biden electors. Speaking of the Department of Justice, they've joined the fight against Alex Jones. A Memphis prosecutor has dropped all charges against Pamela Moses, and Macron has beaten Le Pen handily. Oh, and two Bannon associates admit they and Bannon defrauded donors in the We Build the Wall scheme. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Hello. Hi, G. You have had quite the weekend. How was Randy Rainbow's show? It was great. It was awesome. And then I got to hang out with Lincoln's Bible and do a little show with Greg Oliar. So we're sitting there doing the podcast. And then Stephanie's friends come over and Stephanie's friends happen to be Rosanna Arquette and Catherine Keener. Amazing. We're just sort of hanging out. They're like doing like photo bombing the the video podcast. It was so much fun. That sounds like an amazing weekend. And then um, we did the photo shoot yesterday. And then tonight I get to have dinner with some friends. It's going to be wonderful. Great. And of course, because I decided to take a couple of days off and go out of town. Everything happened. Everything happened. Yeah. And boy, this Kevin McCarthy news. I hope it doesn't fade from the 24 hour news cycle for a while because he basically a book came out. We all know a book came out and the book said that McCarthy had discussed 25th Amendment about Donald and that he was going to ask him to resign and that he thought for sure the Senate was going to convict him and he'd be impeached. It's going to pass. And I'm going to I'm going to see if I can get him to resign, much like they did with Nixon back in the day. Right. Yeah. And of course, McCarthy says, I never said that. That's a bald faced lie. I never said any of that. And then roll the tapes. They come out with. (laughs) Why would you? I mean, listen, <laughs> when you're going to live in D.C., there's a, you, you don't have to have two parties agreement to get recorded because they want sketchy shit to stop happening in D.C. So I'm just saying, if you had this conversation, if you're in Washington, D.C., just assume you're being recorded if you're talking on a phone. Yes. And assume that your whatever emails you're sending will be subpoenaed at some point. Good Lord. So that was just. Wow. Just complete lie, like caught in a lie with videotape or or audio tape messages and evidence. And the interesting thing was he was talking to Liz Cheney. Yeah. When he said that on a on a conference call, I think I don't know if anyone else was present. But you know, he had Liz Cheney removed from her leadership spot 
he's the one who should be removed. This whole thing needs to be mm-hmm. investigated with all of that. Hopefully, I mean, obviously it is. And mm-hmm. I'm just praying that history comes down on the right side of the law this time, because I'm just tired of this. He's such a swarmy. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just lie. Just. Uh. And then he goes down. And at first he was like all into it. Like, yeah, Trump did this. Trump's a bad guy. But then he goes down to Mar-a-Lago and something happens. And I don't want to know because. Oh. No. Anyway. So and congratulations to Macron for beating Le Pen. And indeed, he spanked her, too, dude. It was like 58 to 41. Even a little like, above. Yep. I mean, that everyone's like, oh, it should have been more. It is a good percentage, though. I mean, yes, it should have been more. We that's get, whopping. It is that's a whopping victory. Yeah. So I'm very, very happy about a 17 point, 18 almost point victory because she is fascism. Yeah. So the the French people said, no. <laughs> they see it just like that. No, no. So I'm very glad about that. Congratulations, France, for, for voting out autocracy. All right. We do have a lot of news to get to. As I said, over the weekend, it's been a banana's house with the news. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, the 1-6 committee has filed a 68-page response with a bunch of exhibits responding to Mark Meadows' lawsuit. Okay, so Mark Meadows, they, you know, they subpoenaed him. Mark Meadows sued him. You can't subpoena me. They're saying, judge, yes, you, he's stupid. So they're asking for a summary judgment over the fact that Meadows' arguments for defying his subpoena are bullshit, basically. And Doug Letter, who's House Counsel for the Select Committee investigating January 6th, said in the filing, Mark Meadows was present with Trump during the attack on the Capitol. He also played an additional and different role, along with members of the Trump campaign, Rudy and others, in the president's post-election efforts to overturn the certified results of the 2020 election. He says Mr. Meadows has published a book addressing a number of these issues and has spoken about them publicly on several occasions. So we subpoenaed him and his phone records. We've received 2,319 text messages from him along with privilege logs with claims of executive attorney client and work product privilege for the ones he refused to hand over. He agreed at first to appear before us December 8th, but December 7th, he decided to rescind. And so we held him in contempt. And he sent you guys a list of reasons he shouldn't have to appear. Those reasons are stupid. We have case law to prove it. So please rule in our favor now. I'm paraphrasing. But They said, they continued, since we've been dicking around with Meadows this whole time, since he's been jerking our chain, we've learned a great deal more, and we can now narrow our subpoena to more specific things we need Meadows to answer. They are testimony about non-privileged shit, meaning all the stuff you put in your book and told the public about and gave us, you dumbass. Testimony and documents regarding post-election efforts by the Trump campaign, the Trump legal team, and Mr. Meadows to create false slates of presidential electors or to pressure or persuade state and local officials and legislators to take action to change the outcome of the election. Testimony and documents and communications with members of Congress about January 6th. We want testimony about the plan to replace Rosen with Clark so the Department of Justice could corruptly change its conclusion about election fraud. Testimony and documents about Trump pressuring Pence to refuse to count votes. Activity in the White House just before and during the attack. Testimony and documents related to meetings and communications with individuals not affiliated with the federal government regarding the efforts like Walden, Waldron or whatever that guy's name was that he met with and uh, Eastman. Now, Doug Letter also says the Meadows claim that an OLC memo gives him immunity under executive privilege. Remember that pair of OLC Mm -hmm. memos that everyone's using as an excuse? 
And Doug says, indeed, even the OLC memoranda on which Meadows now apparently relies explicitly do not apply to such unofficial activity. Meaning you can't have privilege over a coup. Ironically, those (laughs) Office of Legal Counsel memoranda were intended to guard against a perceived threat to the separation of powers. But here, Meadows is attempting to use them to prevent Congress from investigating an attack that posed a dramatically more serious constitutional threat. Congress must have the ability to uncover what happened on January 6th because of the, you know, the balance of powers. And it must take appropriate and focused legislative action to prevent its role as a separate and co-equal branch of government. Congress requires Mr. Meadows' testimony for that purpose. Now, the committee also released a bit of former Meadows aide Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony, which included the involvement of members of Congress and a meeting that she was at with Meadows that included Biggs, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Mo Brooks, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louis Gohmert, Heiss, Debbie Lesko, and Perry, Scott Perry. Now, we learned also through this document, through this filing, that Meadows texted Jim Jordan that he had pushed Pence to reject Biden's electors. So there, right there, is he's part of the conspiracy, Mark Meadows. The committee has also concluded that Trump did not contact any law enforcement that day, including the National Guard, in response to the attack on the Capitol. And that's according to testimony from Christopher Miller, Donahue, Rosen, and Secretary of the Army Ryan McCarthy. He never called us, they said. He never once asked for National Guard. Other activities they want Meadows to testify about include coordinated messaging and ad buys with Trump campaign and outside allies like Cleta Mitchell, direct contact with state officials to try to overturn results, discussing that Department of Justice takeover with Perry, partly via signal. So lots to ponder for Mark Meadows. And I will let you know, everyone and Dana, whether the judge grants the committee's request for a summary judgment in this case. Great. You know, I tell you what, Meadows, he's going to be the one going down for all this. And I, I have to wonder if he is ends up being that person, if he's going to end up turning on Trump. I don't know. It'll be really interesting. He's he will be the fall guy because yeah. he did all he took all the messaging and did all the messaging and participated in everything. And there's plenty of witness testimony. You just heard me say Christopher Miller, the guy who sent out the memo. Yeah. That kneecapped the National Guard that day. The D.C. National Guard, Christopher Miller, Donna Donahue. The could secretary of the army testified so against many. Him. I know. Uh, well, we, we know we want it to be Trump, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to take down as many of these guys as possible. All right. Um, speaking of guys, I want to take out, out completely out, actually. <laughs> the Justice Department and attorneys for families and victims of the Sandy Hook school shooting are requesting the legitimacy of attempts by right-wing talk show host Alex Jones to put several businesses in his media empire into bankruptcy just as trial was set to open in Texas, where he faced the possibility of being ordered to pay millions of dollars in damages. And we talked about this, I believe, last week. Both the families and a Justice Department office ask a federal bankruptcy judge in Houston to put off an initial emergency hearing scheduled for Friday morning to address Chapter 11 filings earlier this week by three entities linked to Jones's InfoWars brand, which are InfoW, IW Health, and, ready, Prison Planet TV. Got it. That's where he should go. Yeah, indeed. And I'd be fine with them filming that whole thing. The request, not after he's in prison. No one wants to see that. The request to delay the hearing said that the bankruptcy filings seem designed to halt longstanding defamation litigation in Texas and Connecticut over Jones's bizarre claims that the 20 children and six adults that were killed in the shocking, shocking 2012 elementary school shooting had somehow staged their own deaths and that their families were crisis actors. He's a son of a bitch. 
<sighs> it makes me angry every fucking time every I read time. it. Every time. Every time. It's never okay. And you know what I see when he when I read this is Obama crying, talking yes. about the shooting. That's what goes through my mind where you have that man, that good man showing human human emotion. And then you have the son of a bitch saying it was all a farce. Ugh, I digress. The Justice Department's Office of the U.S. Trustee told Judge Christopher Lopez the structure of Jones's filing, quote, may demonstrate these cases are an abuse of the bankruptcy system. You think <laughs> they may show? Anyway, the government's submission questioned why Jones had not filed for personal bankruptcy and why another business he controlled, Free Speech Systems, wasn't included in the filings earlier this week. So at least they're starting to ask questions about that, and hopefully they will actually make sure that this is not a possibility. I want to see that man bankrupted completely. Yeah. And that's cool. I didn't think the Justice Department was going to get involved, but they did. They stepped in and they're like, um, yeah. he's lying. He's a liar that lies. And you can't get a file bankruptcy to get out of this stuff. It's against no. the law. Yeah. So, and it, this, we think that this is fraudulent. So it's nice of the Justice Department to step in. It only took 20 hours, by the way. Yeah. I know that's not fast enough for some people, but that's pretty fast. <laughs> Do I sense tone? No, continue. <laughs> Me? No. no. All right. The co-founder of We Build the Wall and that project, which was aimed at raising money for a border wall, which we already have, um, okay, pled guilty Thursday to charges in a case that once included Bannon. And we know this, right? Brian Colfage, former veteran, admitted to pocketing hundreds of thousands of dollars while promising all donations would go for paying the, for the wall. His plea came a month before trial in a case that began in dramatic fashion in August when Bannon was pulled from a luxury yacht by the boat cops by the post office cops off the coast of Connecticut. That was Guo Wangwei's yacht, by the way. And uh, oh, wait, was it, yeah, Guo Wangwei or was it somebody else? I actually don't remember which one of them spent the money on the boat. Let's see. Let's see. We're, we'll look that up because I know there's we like a Guo, to be factual. There's a Guo in it. Bannon Guo yacht. Yeah, Guo Wangwei. You got it. I was right. Okay, cool. Guo Wangwei. His yacht. So the, the, <laughs> the post office cops show up, drag him off the yacht, arrest him for this scheme to rip off donors trying to fund the southern border wall. Abandon was pardoned just before Trump left office last year. He had pled not guilty to charges that he pocketed over a million bucks using some of the money to secretly pay Colfage. That's the 39-year-old Air Force veteran who lost both legs in a mortar attack in Iraq. A guilty plea Thursday by co-defendant financier Andrew Botolato, who's 57 in the case, during the same remotely conducted electronic hearing before the U.S. judge, Annalisa Torres, in Manhattan, meant that only one of the four defendants originally charged might go to trial in mid-May. Now, plea agreements between the government, Colfage, Botolato, and specified the defendants will not challenge sentences with an agreed-to range. For Colfage, the range was four to five years. For Botolato, it's three and a half to four years. Sentencing is scheduled for September 6th. So that's what the sentences will be between four and five and three and a half and four. So don't get mad. Colfage of Miramar Beach, Florida, pled guilty to wire fraud and conspiracy and tax charges brought originally in Florida. Botolato of Sarasota pled guilty to wire fraud conspiracy. Without the plea deal, Colfage could have faced 46 years in prison. That's the max and probably not likely. It probably would have been close to nine to 11 years. While Botolato faced a max of 20 years, which was probably closer to five or six years, maybe seven. Now, I got a question for you, AG. Like, why would they reduce their sentences and they can't give him Bannon because Bannon was pardoned? So if we can't get Bannon on this, why even let these guys out a little early? Guaranteed. 
Guaranteed. Uh, got it. Jail Thank time you. As Thank opposed you. to having to go to trial. I know I'm not the only person that had the question. Thank you for always knowing. All right. <laughs> I want to end this section, which what I think is a good news story, before we get to our other good news stories. Now, a Memphis prosecutor has dropped all criminal charges against Pamela Moses. Now, she was Woo-hoo! the Memphis woman, yep, who was sentenced to six years in prison for trying to register to vote. Mind you, this was a lesser crime than what Meadows has clearly committed in his intentional voter fraud. Now, Moses was convicted last year and sentenced in January. She was granted a new trial in February after The Guardian published a document showing that had not been given to her defense ahead of trial. So they published a document that no one had ahead of trial. Moses was set to appear in court on Monday to find out whether prosecutors would pursue a retrial. The central issue to her case was whether she had known she was ineligible to vote when a probation officer filled out and signed a form indicating she was done with probation for 2015 felony conviction and eligible to cast a ballot. Now, even though the probation officer admitted he had made a mistake and Moses said she had no idea she was ineligible to vote, prosecutors said she knew that she was ineligible and had deceived him. Bullshit. Moses stood in the lobby of the probation office while the officer went to his office to research her case for about an hour, he said at the trial. Now, the case stirred national outrage, rightfully so, because it underscored disparities in the way Black people are punished for voting errors. Now, several white defendants elsewhere have been sentenced to probation for impersonating family members and voting on their behalf, dead ones sometimes, and voting for Trump. Those were real stories, everybody. Now, reached by telephone, Moses declined to comment on Friday, saying she was still processing the news. She said she had planned to hold a press conference on Monday in Memphis. Amy Warrick, the Shelby County District Attorney who prosecuted the case, noted Moses had spent 82 days in jail before she was granted a new trial, and that judge said it was sufficient. Went on to say- Zero days. Zero days is sufficient. Agreed. That's, this is a part of the story that bothers me, but in the interest of the judicial, this is also the quote that, ugh, in the interest of judicial and economy, that's what they call it, judicial economy, we are dismissing her illegal registration case and her violation of probation, she said in a statement. That's the part that's bullshit to me. Mm. Yeah, why isn't it, this is This is completely scrubbed justice. because it wasn't justice. Yeah, why, why not just admit that? Yeah. Assholes. <sighs> Indeed, but I am glad she's um, out and the, that this one worked out the way it should have. Um, too I'm interested late, to hear what yeah, yeah. she has to say. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right, everybody, we will be right back. Uh, stick around. We're going to come around to the other side of the break with the good news for you. If you have any good news or corrections or anything you want to send in, you can send them to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And uh, we'll be right back with your submissions after this. After the- Hey, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by our newest sponsor, the Hysteria Podcast. And we want to thank them for supporting the show. Crooked Media's Hysteria is an amazing weekly podcast hosted by political commentator and comedy writer Aaron Ryan and former Obama White House Deputy Chief of Staff Alyssa Mastromonaco. They are joined by bi-coastal squads of funny, opinionated women who cover everything from reproductive rights to rom-coms. They break down the political news of the week, plus the topics, trends, and cultural stories that affect women's lives. So if you're looking for a fun, fascinating podcast that keeps you entertained and informed, I highly recommend checking out Hysteria. New episodes of Hysteria drop every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And today's show is also brought to you by Thuma. 
my bedroom has been looking a little dated lately. As you know, I just recently gutted my entire house and I wanted to put a new and better everything in. I wanted to feel like my home was a boutique hotel. And that was a perfect opportunity for me to reinvent my room with Thuma. Thuma's bedroom interior designs adhere to the less is more philosophy. Thuma embodies true elegance and simplicity through its clean lines, subtle curves, and lifestyle-enhancing details. My favorite item is the bed. It's everyone's favorite. It's the bed by Thuma. It features eco-friendly, high-quality, upcycled wood, so it's sustainable. You'll find gorgeous, unique variations in the grain. It's beautiful. It's got a minimalist design, a Japanese joinery, add a touch of sophistication, designed to minimize noise and create space. It's breathable while supportive of your mattress. Thuma's bed is backed by a lifetime warranty. It ships right to your door in three boxes, and you can assemble it in under five minutes with no tools. Uh, Thuma also offers bedroom essentials like the nightstand, the side table, and the tray, which are excellent companions and complements to the bed. I got the tray as well. I love it. Thuma partners with One Tree Planted to plant one tree for every bed and nightstand sold. All of their essentials are Green Guard Gold Certified. That's very hard to get. And you create that feeling of checking into a boutique hotel, but at home with the bed by Thuma. And now go to thuma.co slash beans. Use the code beans at checkout to receive $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed plus free shipping in the continental U.S. That's Thuma, T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash beans. And then enter code beans at checkout for $25 off. Thuma.co slash beans. And then enter code beans. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. And again, if you have any good news or corrections or confessions, send them to us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact and help us out because Apple Podcasts, for some reason, deleted all of our thousands of wonderful reviews, for some reason, took our show out of your feed. So if you haven't been hearing us or if you know somebody that hasn't been, all they have to do is unsubscribe and resubscribe. I don't know why they did this to us. We can't get a hold of anybody there. They won't call us back. And if you could leave us a review, that would be so wonderful because now we have to start all over from scratch. But we are here and we aren't going anywhere. Um, I don't know if it was a mistake or something more pointed, but they cannot make me shut up. I gave up a 10-year decade (laughs) job for this goddamn podcast and I'm not going to stop speaking truth to power. So you can't shut me up unless you're Spotify. I will not put my stuff on Spotify. (laughs) But uh, anyway, if you have good news, send it in to us. I'm going to kick us off with a submission from Rob, pronouns he and him. You gals kick ass. I am counting down the days until the indictments begin. Oh, Rob, me too. I hope they start with America's dumbest mayor, Rudy. My partner and I recently celebrated our shelter baby, Sophie's Sweet 16, pick attached. Some days she's full of energy. Others, she has trouble standing and walking, but she always has a smile. The other picture is of a little friend that was born in our yard and then orphaned after her mother was killed by a car. She comes back each year to try to have her babies in the exact same spot and survives the winter by chewing our rose bushes down to nubs. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I know. I can't with the squirrel. That's a bunny. Are you sure it's a bunny? Oh, it is a bunny. Sorry. My my eyes are getting old. It's just so tiny (laughs) that you don't think it could be a bunny. Oh, my God. It is a very cute bunny. Oh, my goodness. And would explain why it keeps having babies, by the way. (laughs) So adorable. Oh, thank you for that. Okay. This is for Martin. No pronouns given for Martin. Hi, AGDG and the Leguminati crew. 
This is an update. I'm the Canadian that previously wrote in to say that I successfully defended my PhD thesis on November 3rd, 2020. Thanks to you and Amy calling me Doc Martin, <laughs> I was able to realize why a German friend of mine kept calling me Shoe. That's funny. <laughs> on Facebook for a week after my defense. 2021 started a bit rough. I moved in with my parents in December to save money and the job search was disappointingly long. It wasn't until May, about 100 job applications later, that I got my first interview. During the summer, I made it to the final interview step three times, but always lost out to the person that had more real-world job, aka non-academic, job experience. But that changed in August. When I was at the library, I bumped into an old high school friend of mine, and that's where things really turned around. She helped me get a job as a campaign manager, official agent for the federal election, and let me know that a local think tank was looking for an analyst. Right after my candidate lost, I was offered a one-year internship at the think tank. It was at their new office in the same town where my 88-year-old grandparents live. Oh, how sweet. So I took the job, and I get to see them multiple times per week. The think tank is great. They counted my academic experience as real experience. And within three months, after a few internal departures forcing a reorganization, I'm now a full-time contract, leading a team of analysts and running the data and maps department. Nice work. Now, even better news is that after almost two years of saving, I managed to pay off my student debt 51 months ahead of schedule. With that burden off my shoulders, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get a membership to the Beans soon. Since I'm allergic to dogs and cats, I have no pets, but attaches a photo of my sister's dog, Jim Jim. Jim Jim is a great name. Look at the eyes. Jim Jim's gorgeous. Uh Mm, A baby. Part greyhound or whippet or something. For uh, for sure. It may even be a greyhound whippet. Might even be. Thank you for that, Dr. Martin. Shoe. Next up, Shell Bell, pronouns she and her. Greetings, Beans Queens. Love, love, love the pod. In fact, it's my number one. Turns out news with swearing is my happy place. (laughs) Me too. Me too, Shell Bell. Thank you all for giving me a reason for smiling in the morning and for helping me manage the existential dread that is the unavoidable effect of living in a country overrun by the GQP. I really don't know what I would do without y'all, so thank you. My good news is we have a granddaughter who was born in March. Congratulations. And on Sunday, we're going to go to Washington to meet her. Pet pictures, pet tax pictures of my cat Shadow and my dog Sarge, because I need to hear AG and DG Gus over their cuteness. Look at the baby. Oh my God. Look Sarge at Sarge. Is cute. I know. I love the ears. And the kitty. Oh. And the kitty. Yeah. Got all the peats in one line. Oh, so sweet. Oh my God. I accidentally scrolled to the next <laughs> photo. <laughs> That's yours, my friend. This is from Laura, pronouns she and her. Okie dokie, you asked for adoption, so here goes. This pup is the cutest. If you are near Massachusetts, this little one is in Salem. He was just posted on Instagram on April 21st. Northeast Animal Shelter. Everyone, if you are in Massachusetts and this little one is in Salem, if you're anywhere near there, oh my God, I would steal him in a heartbeat. Or her. Dallas is an 11-week-old. What puppy dreams are made of. She's social, outgoing, goofy, and affectionate. She'll thrive with a little training and lots of love. <sighs> to meet Dallas, visit neas.org slash adopt for more information. Oh, the baby's face. <laughs> well, and look at this guy in the next picture. I'm so in love with this dog. I am too. Okay. This is from James, pronounced he and him. Good morning, Beans Queens. I wanted to share my joy and relief that our two-and-a-half-year-old German Shepherd Treeing Walker Coonhound Rescue Luna is recovering from ACL surgery. She tore her ACL and underwent knee surgery in March. 
She's now five weeks into a 12-week recovery. And the hard part is just keeping her quiet. No running, jumping steps, or off-leash for seven more weeks. Ugh. That's tough with a two-and-a-half-year-old German shepherd, James. But, he says, we're delighted she's on the mend and can't wait to let her run. She loves to run. Look at this baby. So sweet with her little chicken. Oh, Oh, poor baby. She really does love her chicken toy. Yeah, and that's tough because that's two-and-a-half-year-old German shepherds are just full of beans. They just want to, they have the zoomies all the time. My goodness. All right, here we go. This is from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Hello, my favorite podcast friends. The charismatic megaplastic story reminded me of a (laughs) shit kids say anecdote. To set the scene, after college, I moved to California where I lived in one of those shared house situations that had been many short-term roommates come and go throughout the years. You know the kind, a little shabby, clutter left behind by former roomies, and a landlord unconcerned about upkeep so long as the rent was paid. It was a classic California late afternoon with sun low and golden over the hills. I was hanging out in the backyard with the five-year-old little boy who lived next door. I was reading a book and he was rambling about in the tall grass and scrub behind the yard that our house is shared. Hey, look what I found. I hear my young friend calling out. I looked up from my page. He was out in the tall grass, halo of sunshine, standing proud and triumphantly, holding his newly discovered treasure aloft for me to see. It was immediately clear and recognizable. It was a bright red, foot-tall plastic bong. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I exclaimed, desperately wondering how to redirect this attention away from this discarded drug paraphernalia. What, uh, what is it? What did you find? (laughs) His face laps up with excitement. It's a hummingbird feeder. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Of course, it's a hummingbird. Now you have to take the red bong and put hummingbird food in it and hang it on your porch. Oh, make sure you wash it out really well. Otherwise, you're going to have some very slow hummingbirds, but they're going to be hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hummingbird munchies. Oh, my God. Anonymous, thank you so much for that story. Yes. And thanks to everyone who sent in your good news. Please send us your good news at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We really appreciate you. Dana, uh, you're going to be around tomorrow, but I think you're traveling again, right? Yeah, I hate when I lose. Uh, I hate when I our time uh, changes when I'm on a different time zone. Um, I'm going to be in New York, but I'm going to be doing the Lord's work. <laughs> I will be um, raising a lot of money for Lambda Legal, which is the LGBTQ lawyers association around this country that is in overdrive. Um, with all of these um, bullshit legislative um, initiatives and laws that are being passed around this country. So I'll be raising money for Lambda Legal. And then two days later, I will be raising money for the human rights campaign and telling jokes there. So I will miss you all, but I'll be doing good work, I promise. And um, I will be back week week after uh, around the second. And I, I look forward to being back in your ears. So take care of AG in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to push my vacation too. I would normally be off May 1st through May 7th. But I'm going to push it a little bit because I need it to line up with some hearings, some January 6th ah. hearings, because I am going to travel to D.C. on my vacation, nice. on my vacation to cover <laughs> the 1-6 hearing. Jesus. Because honestly, that's a fucking vacation to me. That is exciting, amazing, historical shit that I want to be a part of and watch and say I could I, I say I was there. I love it. And cover it for, for y'all. And that's I enjoy doing that. So consider it a, just doing it out of town. So it is a vacation because it's not a home. OK. But yeah, we'll be back in your ears on, on Monday. I think that's May 2nd, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I believe we'll, so. we'll do that. 
All right. And everybody, uh, in the meantime, until tomorrow, Dana will be here tomorrow. So catch us then on the beans. You can do that by, you know, wherever podcasts are available. You're probably all subscribers anyway. But if you haven't, please subscribe and give us a rating. And until tomorrow, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet and take care of your mental health and vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>